of WORQ in Wisconsin. This is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Hey, it's Crash Connell. Sometimes we do a replay broadcast on Monday. Sometimes we bring you fresh podcasts. 9-11-2023. And today we have a guest host, for Stand Up For The Truth, and a special guest in our studio. Fresh new podcast, Tara Kozlowski. Good morning. I'm Tara Kozlowski, also known as Tara K around here. I am the co-host of the morning show on Q90 FM radio. I am also the outreach director for Damascus Road, and that's a local ministry in northeast Wisconsin, raising awareness and assisting victims of human trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation. I've been working with the issue of anti-trafficking for over 15 years. I lived in Las Vegas for two years. I've traveled around the country speaking and raising awareness about human trafficking. And one of the things that uh, came to my attention through this process was that a lot of people want to help fight human trafficking, especially now that the movie um, Sound of Freedom has come out. Um, they want to help fight and end human trafficking, but they maybe don't realize that if they have um, sexual sin that they are dealing with and are dealing with pornography issue, they might actually be contributing to the demand. And so as I teach and train on the issue of trafficking, we talk about how pornography is fueling the demand for human trafficking, but I've never really focused on that topic specifically. So today we are going to talk about that. I have Josh Paris with me in studio. He is the founder and director of Ephesians 5 Ministries, a local ministry to the Green Bay area and Northeast Wisconsin to men dealing with habitual sexual sin. Welcome, Josh. Good morning. And we are also talking with Nate Dancer, Vice President for Ministry Outreach at Pure Life Ministries. Good morning, Nate. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, it's just a great opportunity to be able to talk with you both, um, especially because this the reason why I wanted to really focus on this topic was because after the movie Sound of Freedom came out about um, human trafficking, I had a lot of people approach me and say, this is, I can't believe this is going on. Somebody should be doing something. And I wanted to say, well, we have been trying to do something for like at least 15 years, but I'm glad that it's bringing this issue to light. But a lot of people think that fighting trafficking comes in terms of the front lines, helping to rescue kids out of trafficking. But we don't often think really what would end trafficking is ending the demand. And what has become uh, an issue that is fueling the demand is pornography. We have seen pornography become normalized now. We've seen people like on OnlyFans just blew up during um, COVID, people at home making pornography at home. Um, it's becoming normalized. So people who are using pornography are just mixing in. Well, everybody who's doing this wants to be doing it. There's no harm in it. It's becoming normalized. So it's becoming more acceptable. And we're not, 
especially in the church, even seeing it as sin anymore. But I, working with the victims of trafficking, have seen that sometimes these women, they're forced to be involved in pornography by their traffickers. Um, sometimes men who are using pornography um, might eventually want to act these things out uh, that they're seeing online or pictures, and they might actually go to a sex for sale website. And a lot of the people that are being posted on sex for sale websites are actually victims of trafficking. So there's a lot going on behind the scenes that people don't know. And that's why I really wanted to focus on this issue of pornography and sexual sin, especially in the church. So Josh has joined us in studio before for Stand Up For The Truth. He's with Ephesians 5 Ministries. But this is Nate's first time being a guest on Stand Up For The Truth. So Nate... Um, You are the Vice President of Ministry Outreach at Pure Life Ministries. You've been there since 2009. Um, He does social media. He does their events. And you do the podcast. So this is pretty, doing a podcast is pretty normal for you, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's become (laughs) that way for sure. So you, Pure Life Ministries is connected with um, Ephesians 5 Ministries as well. Very similar. Yeah, we're we're in a similar model. Mm-hmm. We we don't um, have a formal connection, but we we use all of Pure Life uh, Ministries curric- materials curriculum. Correct. Okay, so Nate, can you tell us a little bit about what is Pure Life Ministries and how did you get involved with this? Okay, sure. So, yeah, Pure Life Ministries um, was founded back in 1986 by a man named Steve Gallagher and his wife Kathy. And Steve had been himself enslaved to just very extreme forms of sexual sin. Um, and he drug his wife, Kathy, through that whole thing. And then um, I think somewhere around 1982, he had a really powerful encounter with the Lord that brought him into really serious repentance over the lifestyle that he had been living and he started to realize just how selfish he was, how prideful, how um, abusive he had been to Kathy, and that really set him on a new path to get right with the Lord. Um, and at the same time, Kathy was really seeing how her marriage had become kind of the focus of her life. Like, she was looking to Steve to be kind of her all in all in a way, you know, to make her Mm -hmm. happy and to fulfill her. And so she realized, man, I need some serious help in my own life as well. And so she turned to the Lord in that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as their lives began to be sanctified and purified and made whole, they realized, man, there's multitudes of people out there who are in the same situation that we're in. And they felt very strongly that God was calling them to do something like this, that this was going to be, I don't know if they knew at the beginning this would be their life's work, but um, that's what it came to be. And so I got involved back in 2008 because I was also enslaved to sexual sin. Um, I've told people before, the only thing I really cared about was getting sexual pleasure. Mm. Um and so a friend of mine saw how how bad of a shape I was in spiritually and basically demanded that I come to Pure Life. Um, and so then when I was in the program, you know, I, 
I had grown up in church and I had done the Christian thing and I had led worship and been on mission trips. And, um, so I thought like, I've just got a small problem that God needs to fix Mm -hmm. and then I'll be good to go. And at Pure Life, I don't know exactly how to express it, but I actually saw Jesus for the first time in my life. Wow. And when I saw him, it humbled me to the max. And I saw nothing in myself except for arrogance, selfishness, spiritual blindness, and man, it just made me so desperate. Like, I have to know Jesus in a real way, because I am in serious trouble. And so that kind of put me on a path to really seek him for myself in desperation. And after about four months of agony, you know, he, Mm -hmm. he revealed the cross to me. And it just like it was the first time I really understood why I needed a savior and what he had come to do for me. And when I saw the cross, I just in my heart, I put my faith in him in a way I never had before. I never had felt a need before. And when I put my faith in him, he saved me and he filled me with the Holy Spirit. And suddenly it was like, I've got a brand new life. Um, and so then, you know, on that pathway, I really believed strongly that he wanted me to stay at Pure Life. I wasn't super interested in that, but <laughs> he was really convincing. And so I finally surrendered and just said, okay, I'll do what you want me to do. And I've been here ever since. And I absolutely love it. Wow. What an incredible testimony. Thank you for sharing that. Do you think that a lot of the men who come to Pure Life Ministry, you're located, you have a recovery home in Kentucky? Mm -hmm. And do you think that the men who come for the long-term program were are very similar to you and that they would say, oh, I'm I'm a Christian, this is an issue that I'm struggling with, but find out really through the program that being a Christian or or even would say, look back and say, I thought I was a Christian, but I don't think I really was because I didn't realize what my sin really was and what Jesus saved me from. Yeah, I think probably there's three different types of people, like broad categories. One would be people who um, come to Pure Life because they have this sexual sin problem and they want help with it. And in the end, they're really not, they find out they're not really interested in following Jesus for real. Mm -hmm. They just want help with what they would call their problem. The other group of people would be those who, they really deal with their issue and they find out, wow, yep, I grew up in the church, but I never knew him. Um, And there is another small group of people, I think, who they know, I at one time I was really walking with Jesus. But, you know, like Jesus said in the parable of the soils, that there are those who, the cares of the world, the desires for other things, they come in, they choke out the word, and it proves to be unfruitful. And so I think people 
realize, man, there were heart issues that I never dealt with, and that led me away from a real relationship with Jesus, and I need to get things right. Mm-hmm. This is Stand Up for the Truth. I'm Tara Kozlowski. Josh Paris from Ephesians 5 Ministries is in studio, and we're talking with Nate Dancer from Pure Life Ministries. So as you were talking about your your program, it is a you have a location in Kentucky where men can come and get help from with um, habitual sexual sin. Um, but you also so that's a long there's a long term program. So someone would actually leave behind their life and come to your program. Yeah, that's right. Nine months. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once so if someone says you know that I, I just can't do that. I don't know how I could leave behind my life or my job. Is there any other kind of assistance that you can offer them? Sure. Well, let me say something real quick first. Mm -hmm. There are definitely those people that have this legitimate um, obstacle in their way, and so they can't come to a nine-month program in Kentucky. And there are those who are just think they have a legitimate obstacle, and eventually, when things get bad enough, they'll realize that, man, I've just been making excuses. Um, so there, there is that category. Now, for those who have a legitimate op- obstacle, we do have a 16-week at-home counseling program called the Overcomers at Home program. And we typically tell people, you know, if you're like a teenager and you haven't gone real deep into sexual sin or if you've got maybe some uh, overwhelming medical issues, we're not a medical facility. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we can't handle really serious cases like that. Or if you've got um, a sexual uh, charge on your record, we have sort of an agreement that we won't take. Uh, registered sex offenders, and so that that is available for people who fall into those categories. So I think that's really a really a great point. Is that um, I know too working with anti trafficking for the girls that there's recovery homes for for victims, and most of the people that we assist they want to go to a long-term recovery they think they do in their minds but it it's it's about that mindset of going into it is the same thing as you said do there's different categories i just need a place to for them i just need a place to stay but do you i guess that's a question too in the bible where jesus asked the man who had been waiting for his healing do you want to get well and so i know Mm -hmm. for for a lot of our ladies it's that getting well for them even though they were the victims, it means letting go of everything behind. They have to give up their phone and different things. You know, they give up the past and the hurt and they have to want to get well. And that means going through a difficult process, but it's so worth it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to also um, let our listeners know too, if you are in the local area, we have Josh Paris here. He has a ministry called Ephesians five ministries, and it is a local ministry that helps and does a similar type of program. You use the curriculum from Pure Life Ministries. Yeah, we're, we're very uh, fortunate to have curriculum like that. Um, and, you know, our goal is to walk men out of the darkness of sexual sin into the light of Christ. And really, that was, that was born out of my testimony. Um, and then actually getting to go through the Pure Life curriculum and have someone else lead that mm-hmm. and, and really see how um, it didn't seek 
the outside world. It really, you know, that the Bible is sufficient for all things to teach us as Christ followers and how to how to overcome that. And um, so that's 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 why we create Ephesians five. We really realize that to help men walk out of the darkness of sexual sin um, wasn't the end goal, right? Mm-hmm. It it is it is definitely part of the goal, and it's where we start. But the goal is to develop men to go out and make disciples of all all nations, right? And that's what we're all called to do. And this is part of that process is, you know, how how effective, you know, it's kind of the the when the, the fig tree, right? Mm-hmm. If if you're barren and you have this habitual sexual sin, um, you're not gonna be of, of use in the kingdom of God. That's yeah, that's that's very true, I think. We often think, I know myself too, as most of the ministries that have helped people with pornography and sexual sin have had, you know, like a a technology program or something that uh, blocked them from viewing uh, at home. And that's a good thing. But what I've been learning a lot about Ephesians 5 and about Pure Life Ministries is that it's about the core, what's at the root. And that's so much more effective, not that everyday, you know, blocks for technology and websites and things that not that that doesn't help. That's a part of it. But really getting to the root and what I've been learning is that it's it's really about our relationship with Christ. And if there is um, a sin issue that that is blocking our relationship with Christ and effective ministry, Um, I think just discipleship has just been such a key thing in something that we all need, no matter what we struggle with. And when that part is right, then the other things fall away. Yeah. Well, we're meant to do it in community, whether like, you know, we've had men come through our program and we've actually sent them on to Pure Life Ministries Mm -hmm. because they they needed to be in a nine month Mm -hmm. residential program. Um, But we've also found that that discipleship piece is so important because, um, you know, I had two men pour the love of Christ and show me what the love of Christ was. And one of them would say, I didn't even know I was discipling you. <laughs> um, but because it's just, it, it's who he, it's who he was. Right. And to see that and to be held accountable and to be loved on through that process is, is really important. This is stand up for the truth. I'm Tara Kozlowski guest host today. And he's from Ephesians five ministries. And we are talking with Nate dancer from Pure Life Ministries. So both of you, uh, Nate or, or Josh, um, can answer this question, but I was curious, you know, why is this specifically an issue that the church needs to be talking about? Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that the, the big thing is that you've got a group of people in the church, who I mean, the statistics are pretty, pretty obvious. That the, if you're if you are a pastor, then you have people in your church who are struggling with sexual sin at some level. Um, which means that as a pastor who is called to prepare the bride to be ready for the coming of Jesus, you've got people who. You've got people who aren't pure. You've got people who are um, not going to inherit the kingdom if they keep living the way they're living. And I think just knowing the 
power of sexual sin and knowing what it does to a person's heart, that it that sexual sin and any kind of habitual sin deceives people and enslaves people, and like Josh was saying, it just renders people useless to serve in the kingdom, uh, that's, a, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Nate, um, why, why do you think men have more of a Peter conversion um, through sexual sin than a than a Paul conversion process, and I just I was thinking back to Second uh, Corinthians seven ten as well. But maybe you could expound on that a little bit. Well, what do you mean exactly? Well, that it's it's a long road out, right? Mm. That they've they've been enslaved to it for such a long time, and I think of Second Second Corinthians seven ten where it talks about you know godly grief. Right and the repentance that leads to mm-hmm. salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. And mm-hmm. I know that when I counsel men, you know that's that's one of the biggest things that we discern for and look for. And it's it's a long process to kind of get to to walk out of that. Yeah, you know it's it's funny. I have thought about that question a lot. Why does it take such a long time? And why does it seem like maybe for some other types of bondage, it seems like there's a pretty strong and fast deliverance? You know, I mean, I think of like drug addiction. I'm not saying everyone's everyone's testimony is the same, but I've definitely heard more stories of someone being instantly delivered from drugs or from alcohol Mm -hmm. or whatever than from sexual sin. Um, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that exactly. Um, A couple of things I will say is sexual sin is is very hard to uproot because it's a God-given urge and a God-given desire that in itself is good. It's not evil to have sexual urges. It's a good thing. And it's a powerful thing, and it's so it's right wired into our biology and our physiology, you know. And so, when you give that thing in you this preeminent place, and you worship it to the place where it's enslaving you, I don't know. It just becomes. It is so entwined then with everything that you are, the way you think and what you want and the way you see things and what you perceive about people. And so then you're really saying that if you're enslaved to sexual sin, what you need is a totally new life because it's become just deeply, deeply entrenched in you, you know? And so now you have, now you have to repent, not just from actions, but you have to repent from all kinds of thinking patterns and ways you look at the world and what you value and what you want in life. It's just, it's a long, <laughs> it's a long road. Yeah, it's more than with any type of addictive behavior, any sin. It's, it's not, it's easy to say it's a behavior modification, but it's really a root issue and uh, one of the mm-hmm. terms that I saw on the on the pure life website talked about sexual idolatry as you were saying and putting that on this pedestal and yeah God gave us these desires but if we make 
our life all about that, then we're making we're, it's becoming an idol. You're listening to Stand Up for the Truth. I'm Tara Kozlowski. In studio with me is Josh Paris from Ephesians 5 Ministries, and we are talking with Nate Dancer from Pure Life Ministries. So why is this... Um, I mean, I think we touched on this a little bit, but maybe you could go further into why are men afraid to bring their sexual sin into the light until almost it's until it's exposed? Yeah, Josh, why don't you answer that first sure well i think it's part of the reason why we named the ministry ephesians 5 was to um to walk out of the darkness of sexual sin and you know the the warning bells of i think of the holy spirit which would be that that guilt you know when we break god's law right Mm -hmm. and then the shame just like with adam and eve in the garden where they hid from god um we don't we don't want our sin exposed because and I think that goes back to the, what I was talking about, about um, godly sorrow versus earthly grief. We're more concerned about the horizontal effects of our sin. Uh, and really, we can even misplace that where, um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier off, off, off camera, is that we were talking about how, you know, we might be concerned about how, how it might affect our relationships. We might be affected of how our sexual sin you know, affects our job and those type mm-hmm. of things, but really it comes back to inward. We're right. right. That inward reflection of, well, I'm really afraid of how people will see me and see the sin and that pride will be um, exposed. And instead of having that vertical, that my sin is before an ever holy God. Mm-hmm. And I think of uh, David and Saul, right? Mm-hmm. So both of them sinned greatly. One of them, and, and both of their sins were exposed, but it was their heart condition, yeah. you know, that why did God say, you know, to to David that, you know, he... he um Well, David's, and David was considered a man after God's, God's own heart. God's own heart, correct. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, why, so, was he, why was that he yeah, was considered because, that? Yeah, because he admitted to, to God that his, his sin was ever before God and, and before him only, right? Mm-hmm. And where Saul continued to make excuses for his sin, wanted to be restored before, you know, to the elders and the people. Ah. Nate, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I, um, I don't know that there's anything more compelling for me than what, what Josh was saying. I, it's, I don't exactly know why we do it, but I think the, the story of Adam and Eve basically just tells us, this is what you do, humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and if you do that, if you do what they did, then, and you don't allow, uh, you know, I think about like what, what God did for Adam and Eve, that he wanted to provide for them a covering. Mm-hmm. He didn't just want to yank off the fig leaves and just mock them. He was looking mm-hmm. to cover them. But they were going to have to take off the fig leaves. And I've, I've just thought about that before. Like, man, they had to undress in the presence of God. They had to take off their fig leaves in his presence and just expose their own shame um, to themselves, to each other, and to God. And then when they did that, he covered them. But he's not going to cover us 
with his righteousness if we refuse to let other people see who we are, what we've done. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, we are, this is Stand Up for the Truth. I'm Tara Kozlowski in studio with me, Josh Paris from Ephesians 5 Ministries. And we are talking with Nate Dancer from Pure Life Ministries, talking about habitual sexual sin and pornography and how that is uh, affecting Christians and how uh, ministries like Pure Life and Ephesians 5 get to the root and deal with uh, habitual sexual sin. Uh, we're going to be talking more with Josh and Nate coming up. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. I want to remind you to check out the upcoming tab at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Upcoming guests, we have Leah Holman. Uh, Wednesday, we've got a replay with Pastor Mike Abendroth. And Jason Jimenez will be on Thursday, Friday. Pro-life activist Rebecca Kiesling. StandUpForTheTruth.com. Okay, Tara, back to you. I'm Tara, and we are talking here with Josh Paris from Ephesians 5 Ministries and Nate Dancer from Pure Life Ministries. Um, Pure Life Ministries is located in Kentucky. It's a long-term recovery program for men dealing with sexual sin and pornography, but also has curriculum for others to use uh, um, at home at home or in, a, in their local area, like Josh with Ephesians 5 Ministries, you use their Pure Life curriculum. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a topic that uh, especially was, I thought was interesting to me. I work, worked with anti-trafficking for many years, and one of the things that people have been coming up and saying a lot is just talking about the Sound of Freedom movie and how they want to help fight human trafficking, but often... We may not, people may not realize that their own personal habits, if they're dealing with sexual sin or pornography, can actually be fueling the demand for trafficking. And as I've been teaching a training, I realized I have never in my trainings, I've talked about what fuels the demand. I've, I've gone over pornography, but I've never really offered anyone a resource. If you're dealing with this, here's a resource. And that's why I wanted to talk with Nate and Josh today, because I think one of the we were talking earlier about how this is kept in the dark, especially sexual sin is kept in the dark. And the enemy wants us to think that we are, that nobody, especially in the church, especially for Christians, like you, what would everybody think of you if they knew you were struggling with this? But that's exactly why it needs to be brought out into the light in a safe environment with uh, inside of a ministry like Ephesians 5 or Pure Ministries. And it's once we once it gets exposed you can see that um, through this process there's hope and there can be freedom from sexual sin Nate how is pure life ministries I know there are some other ministries that do help um, people through pornography addiction through uh, habitual sexual sin how is pure life ministries different from some of those other programs Sure. Well, I think one thing for sure that would, I hate to say set us apart, because I'm not trying to elevate Pure Life over anybody else, um, but I do, from what I can see, there's a couple of things that I know are unique about uh, Pure Life. One, every single man who counsels here or works at the ministry in any capacity has come out of sexual sin themselves. Oh. 
Um, <clears throat> so all of our counselors have been through the residential program. All of our full-time staff have been through the residential program. Um, and that's for a reason. Mm-hmm. Because we get it. We understand. Yeah. We've lived it ourselves. We weren't just sort of trained theoretically on the topic of addiction. This is our testimony. And so when we talk about the need to confess our sins or the need to learn to live a, a lifestyle of, of gratitude rather than lust, you know, this is, mm-hmm. these are the lessons we've had to learn. We've had to fight through this stuff for ourselves so we know what works but we also understand how difficult it can be um that's one thing the other thing is i i don't know that i've found another place that has a long-term residential program i mean nine months is a lot Mm -hmm. um but for people we're we're talking about people who have been in very deep sexual sin for years or decades, and to think that a person is going to just read a book or listen to a podcast or go to a weekend seminar or whatever and just sort of like find this magical power to change is just unrealistic, I mm-hmm. think. I'm not saying that every person has to go through pure life in order to find freedom. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there are people who need something drastic, and this is a drastic option that I haven't found in other places. Mm-hmm. So those are two things I would say that sort of are unique about pure life um, in terms of, and I'm and I'm talking about those who use biblical counseling. Now, if you're talking about a, a Christian ministry that relies heavily on psychology, we are vastly different from that. Um, because we believe that the Word of God has what men and women need in order to live a godly life. I mean, otherwise, Paul is just blatantly telling a lie mm-hmm. when he said that all Scripture is breathed out by mm-hmm. God and is profitable for training, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. If he meant, well, back then, but now we need psychology, you know, that's a problem. Or what about the writer uh, Psalms, Psalms 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the big thinkers in psychology, most of the time, were also fairly staunch opponents of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know what to say exactly. Why, why would it be that God somehow gave these deep insights about human need and how to make a person whole to people who basically hate God. Mm. When you look at the root uh, word of psychology, too, it's the stu- it's the human it's humans' attempt to study our soul, right? And mm-hmm. it reminds me of um, Colossians two eight. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. And, um, you know, and I think this is, a lot of people will say that the Bible is sufficient for all things, Mm -hmm. but in practice, it ends up being that they think it's sufficient for salvation. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that sets Pure Life Ministries apart, is that they 
you know, everything that I've seen in interaction is that they use the word of God and it's sufficient for all things to live as a Christ follower. Mm Mm-hmm. This is Stand Up For The Truth. I am Tara Kozlowski talking with Josh Paris from Ephesians 5 Ministries and Nate Dancer from Pure Life Ministries. We are focusing on the issue today of pornography and habitual sexual sin, especially how it's affecting Christians and the church. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this topic, because I had never really, I knew about, especially working with anti-trafficking, how pornography fuels the demand for trafficking and i think a lot of one of the things that's probably a common thing that's said about pornography or sexual sin is just well it's just it's harmless you know it's it's just a it's on the side if nobody's getting hurt by it which is one of the biggest lies so many i mean if someone is married a spouse i mean their families but also the people who as i'm familiar with the victims that are involved in pornography and i'm often asked it well doesn't someone who's is doing this in in pornography they want to be doing it they're making all this money and the truth is is we don't know what's going on behind the scenes we don't know what their circumstances were we don't know if they are doing this for survival we don't know if they were raised in a family that this was emulate you know they've seen it now they've grown up this is all they know we don't know their circumstances maybe they're being forced into do it by their pimp by their trafficker and so pornography is actually fueling the demand for trafficking and i think that's what i've had people come up to me and say oh yeah i want to help with anti-trafficking i want to help with whatever you guys are doing at damascus road but yet they've admitted they had uh habitual sexual sin or pornography addiction and they didn't see that as a big deal and would say oh i think human trafficking is terrible but didn't understand the connection that by viewing pornography um they were creating the demand because of course if um supply and demand if there's more and more people using pornography and thinking that it's not a big deal well then traffickers they're going to recruit more people to either force to do pornography or um someone viewing pornography and thinks that it's a small sin or a small problem eventually ends up wanting to go and act this out, wants to go and live this because their spouse or their partner doesn't want to. They may go on a sex for sale website and meet up with someone and they don't know if this person is a victim. They don't know what's behind the scenes. And so they may actually be participating in contributing to the demand of human trafficking by viewing pornography and their their sexual sin and might not even think, well, I'm not I want to help. I'm not I'm not doing anything to feel that demand. But really it is. And that's why it's so important that we look into ministries like Pure Life Ministries and Ephesians 5 Ministries because this isn't just a small sin. It, it is it a lot of people um, can get hurt. And um, Nate, can you speak to that? When what do you how do you respond to someone when they say, oh, this is just a little it's just a little sin. It's not really hurting anybody. Yeah. So I, I just I'm going to say some things that are kind of strong. Um, Please do. <laughs> just for those who are listening, remember I did these things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not. This is the life I lived. And if you say you're not harming anybody because of your pornography um, uh, habit, I, I want you to remember a few things. Number one, you will never be a godly man. If you do that, you will never be a man who influences people for good in the way that God has designed you to. 
if keeping that habit. It guts you of of real life. It guts you of real spiritual conviction. What you're left with as a person is a hollowed out hypocrite. And so God may be able to use your life totally in spite of you, but it is not going to have the impact on your family. It's not going to have the impact on your friends. It's not going to have the impact on your community that God has intended for you to have. There, it's not possible. He will not bless a life that is enslaved to something that he hates. So, one, there's just sort of like the removal of all the good that you could do. Number two is just the positive harm that you will do. And if nobody has directly, positively experienced the harm from your sin, they will. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. It is not going to stay in the background for very long. Um, if you are, um, if you're in a relationship with a girl and you are pressuring her to do things she does not want to do, you are violating her conscience. You are abusing her. You are taking advantage of her, and you better believe that she is being harmed. Um, if you're going to be a dad or a, a, a husband someday, or if you are and you're doing these things, then your wife, when she finds out, or if she's already found out, she is going to be devastated or she is devastated. Um, women can, they just, they're, they don't know how to handle the fact that you pledged your life to her and you are violating the covenant that you made with her, that you are saying this is not really that, worthwhile because I want this. She doesn't know how to handle that. And Jesus died for people. If you didn't hurt any other human, you still, um, I don't want to say caused Jesus to die because (laughs) you can't. He chose to. Mm -hmm. The point is, the only way that we can be redeemed was for him to die a bloody death. So you better believe that he feels the pain of what you're doing. It's, it's not small, and that doesn't mean that you're going to find your way out of this instantaneously, or I'm not trying to bury people under a load of shame and guilt. I'm just, the reason that we say, this doesn't really harm anybody, is because we don't want to face it. We just want what we want, and honestly, we don't care. That's the problem. That's what sexual sin does. It makes us so totally selfish that we really don't care if it hurts anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we tell ourselves that. Yeah. And it, it reduces, we think that it's harmless because it's just a picture on a screen, but we don't, I, I know it personally from the other side of it, having worked with the victims of pornography and trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation. And I know these people individually. And so it's easy to look at a screen and say, well, it's just a, it's just an image, but it's a person, mm-hmm. just like you were saying. Josh? Yeah. Yeah, a person who is chasing something. Like, I was thinking about the verse where it says that um, people are uh, captured by the devil to do his will. Mm. You can absolutely bank on the fact that pornography is the devil's will. Mm -hmm. And so, whether it's the person who is being filmed and whatever their reasons were for getting into that industry, or it's the person on the other side of the screen viewing it, the whole thing is the devil's will. Absolutely. I mean, just the effects of 
not only, I mean, the women that are, if they're forced to be involved in pornography, um, just the practical effects of it, um, they're usually not required to use protection. So they have sexually transmitted diseases, unwanted pregnancies, abortions, and on top of that, all of the physical and mental abuse of being involved in pornography, whether they thought it was their choice. Many of the women who think that it's their choice to be involved in pornography or even sex for sale websites, a lot of them have trauma in their past that never got dealt with. And so that's where they feel normal, um, even though then they'll say that up front, but it's really a hidden wound. And so when somebody clicks on these images, they're contributing, they're, they're re-affecting that wound of the person who is is on the screen, if that's the case for the, you know, not everybody who does pornography is like that, but it is a large, a large percentage. Josh? Nate, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, the darkness of sexual sin, you know, our, I know that your heart, my heart is to be used by the Holy Spirit to help men out of the darkness of sexual sin for men that are listening right now. Um, and realize that, hey, this isn't, this isn't just a little sin. This is something that I've kept in the dark. What, and I know you could talk on this for hours, but what would you say to them right now? And how would you show them a way out? Mm. Yeah, you know, going back to what I shared at the very beginning about what the Lord did for me, um, I, I talked about four months of, of agony and the four months of agony to be honest, was really, how can I be saved if I'm like this? How or how could I ever become a Christian? If this is really what I'm like, and this is really what I'm doing, if I'm this selfish and this prideful and this arrogant, who, like, why would God want anything to do with me? Mm-hmm. Um, and... I just remember, like, when I came down to the very, very bottom and just had nothing left, you know, I was like, man, God, I've, I've tried to do all the right things at Pure Life. I've tried to follow the teachings. I've tried to put my heart into the homework. I've tried to, essentially, I've tried to make myself worthy of being saved, and I just don't have anything left. And he... um the thing that I saw about the cross, and I, I don't think I saw it at that moment, but I've definitely seen it kind of unfold over the past number of years, is that Jesus knew that I could never be worthy. Hmm. He got it. Mm-hmm. He, wasn't, he wasn't setting a standard and then telling me, I hope you make it. I really want you to make it. He wasn't doing that. The way he saved me was becoming like me. He, he became a human, and then sort of the culmination of it all was to allow all of the sin of humanity, every single sinful deed to be infused with his being and become the object of God's wrath so that I could be made new. You know, so it's two parts. It's the cross. It's it's the real understanding of my need. It's the real um, acknowledgement of who and what I am. But then it's also being united with Jesus so that when he's raised up, I'm raised up with him. 
I don't just live in the grave for the rest of my life. I'm raised with him to a new kind of life, a life that I never could have lived on my own. You know, so it's just, yes, the, the point of exposing the darkness of sexual sin is not to condemn people. It's, to, it's, be, it's the first step of being liberated. And a lot of people don't want to take the first step. I, I'm not always sure exactly why. I know in my own case, it, what it really revealed to me is that Jesus won't love me unless I'm good. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's not true. It's, it's a lie. I, I didn't believe in the real Jesus. The real Jesus is the person who seeks out sinners. He seeks people out who are enslaved to all kinds of addictions, who are degenerate and debauched, and they've done horrible things, and he goes looking for people like that. And he just says, please follow me. And he, if, if he's willing for us to follow him, then we can follow him. You know, but it's just, yeah, the gospel is so much more amazing, I think, than we've ever... I would say this to a person who's in sexual sin right now, enslaved, you are in an excellent position to understand the true power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is Stand Up for the Truth. I'm Tara Kozlowski. I'm in studio with Josh Paris is here with us, Ephesians 5 Ministries. And we are talking with Nate Dancer from Pure Life Ministries. So today we are talking about a difficult topic, but I... I think what you just explained, Nate, too, is that we're talking about one sin specifically. Sexual sin is the topic today. But all sin is like that, too. And I think that's what the enemy wants us to think is that sexual sin is so much worse that nobody could know about this. But really, Mm -hmm. we've all sinned. We've all had areas of our lives that we would want others, especially other believers, we wouldn't want them to see, but Jesus sees it all. And like you said, he comes after us. One of the things that I've heard a pastor say one time that is just, it reminds me of like, we think that, that taking that first step, like you mentioned, it's, it seems so difficult, but Jesus said, just follow me. It's not a difficult step. It's not like he's asking you to do, you to do something completely, really, really difficult. Not that the process mm-hmm. of healing is this difficult process but each step of the way we have a guide we have the word you have mentors at pure life as well that will walk through people like that like you said everybody who works at the ministry has been through that themselves and can walk Mm -hmm. men through it so you don't have to feel that you're the only one you don't have to feel that this is something so dark that nobody could ever know or nobody's ever dealt with this before or i mean Take that first step today. I would encourage anybody. How if somebody is ready to take that first step today, what would they need to practically do in order to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely you should identify one person who you know is trustworthy, um, and like you said, safe, a godly person, and. I honestly, I would just text them right now and I would say to them, I have some things that I need to tell you about my life and then just send it off. Cause then you, mm-hmm. you like it, it <laughs> then you can't get out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's some good uh, and bad thing about text. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. good advice though. <laughs> right. Then, then the conversation is going to happen. Um, and just be honest, be very, very, very honest with, 
what you've done, all of it. Don't piecemeal these confessions. Just be very honest. Um, and then, you know, you could go onto our website and look at one of our programs, apply for one of those programs, or call Josh if you're in the if you're in the Wisconsin area. Call Josh and get into one of his groups. You know, there's people out there who, know, yeah, like you said, uh, Tara, you're not the only one. You're, you're by mm-hmm. far from the only one. You're part of the majority these days. Yeah. I think one of the things that I appreciate m- most about Pure Life Ministries and the curriculum being biblically based too is, you know, I get I get the benefit of every time I teach a group to go through the material. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's been like 20 or 30 times that I've gotten to go through the material. But because it is, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the way out of sin, even though sexual sin can be, you know, we, we laser focus in on it. What I love is at the root of biblical counseling, at the root of their program and their material is God is always working. He's always exposing something. Um, and there's times when I run to it in joy and there's times when I'm like, Oh, here we, here we, here we go again. But I need to, need to come to it with joy because I've seen the effects of when he exposes sin mm-hmm. and I've seen that it leads to how much he loves me and the hope that's at the cross. And I, and I do think that that's, um, one of the great things about their curriculum as their program is, um, I, I think um, from when we run our classes here locally, I, I, we're looking for one men who are enslaved to sexual sin. We're also looking for men to come through the program that want to learn how to lead, disciple, encourage, and love on people. And so we're looking for mm-hmm. we're looking for both because um, you know that's one of the things that we know uh, a man's life has been changed because he can't hold it in. Mm-hmm. So you don't go through. You don't go through this process and come out and say, well, I've got freedom now. Great. You, you can't hold in what Jesus has done to change your life. Mm-hmm. You have to tell other people. And so that's one of the things that, that we look for is we're, we're looking for that also. And it, doesn't, it can be a long road, right? It, it doesn't have to be instantaneously. Mm-hmm. But are they being sanctified to that, to wanting to go out and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with other people and how he's changed their life? Mm-hmm. We have about a minute and a half left. I just want to make sure that we get uh, any information to our listeners who might be ready to take that first step. So Josh Paris, his, his ministry is called Ephesians 5 Ministry. It's local to the Green Bay and Sheboygan areas. You run classes and mentoring as well. And your website is eph5min.com. And my email address is josh at eph and Nate, um, you also have a podcast called Pure, uh, Purity for Life, so our listeners can check that out. And where can they find more information about Pure Life Ministries? Yeah, you can search Pure Life Ministries and most of the uh, social media networks or just go to purelifeministries.org. One of the things I want to quickly say, too, before we go, if you are a a female who's listening today, um, Pure Life Ministries also has a program um, that can help women through sexual sin. And uh, Josh Priest also, his wife has a program that helps women whose husbands have gone through the program as well. So there is help for you as well. Thank you so much, Josh. Paris and Nate Dancer for being on our program today. Thanks for listening to Stand Up for the Truth.